What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. You're listening to Christianity Now. Folks, we're so thankful to have Aaron Dotson back. And when I say have Aaron Dotson back, so my 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 inner clock or something is thrown off, Aaron. I had Barry on the show yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it felt like a Christianity Now episode that he was standing in for you. Yeah. Yeah. But it was Monday. Right. Exactly. So I'm all discombobulated. Yeah. It's more like cogitations, I guess. Yes. So we're glad to have you, Aaron. As you, yeah, that threw as me we, off, too. I got online. I was like, wait a minute. I was, was I supposed to be on there? And I was like, no, it's Monday. So exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and and to be to be quite frank, as much as I love the, the conversation that Barry and I had, I think I would have rather had me, you, and Barry talking about that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's a good kind of mix and everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but say la vie, it was a good show as far as I'm concerned. And we had a lot of good questions. And, um, yeah, that, that's about yeah. it. And I suggest everybody go watch it. I uh, wait a little while eventually. We can bring the subject back and have all three of us on there. Well, that's that's the Somebody thing. Somebody will forget about it a little bit. Don't, 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 we, don't we go in these things in cycles? Yeah, we do. In fact, one, today I kind of thought about talking about the baptismal toe and talk about doing things according to the pattern and whether or not the question is not, oh. you know, what God requires, but really whenever somebody asks you about the baptismal toe, they're asking about what God will do, and they're in the realm of trying to guess the mind of God whenever God has already revealed the mind of God. Yep, the baptismal toe. Why do you have oh, to bring that up, Tony? I know I shouldn't bring. It. Well, oh, no, I should bring it. We should guy. talk about it all the time. The baptismal but, toe. But anyway, um, but today I want to talk about being prepared for Jesus' second coming. I tell you why. Uh, it's because I can't remember when, but I was going to do a James chapter one podcast. And somebody in the comment section says, well, you got to be careful about James, because if you read James, uh, it's easy to draw the conclusion and people are mistaken that a Christian can lose his salvation once he's saved. And like, well, that's interesting that just the reading of the book of James would have you draw that conclusion. That means surely that there's some merit to that conclusion then. And this dude actually affirmed. And if you go back and look at the video, like it's, I, I, I highlighted his comment. Even if once you're saved, you stop believing in God and you profess hating God, you're still going to go to heaven. Wow. And was that from yesterday? or No, that was oh, okay. a few days ago. Oh, okay. Okay. But it caused me to use my building on fire illustration. All right? So let me give you my building on fire illustration. There's a 100-story building, and there's, you know, 100 people in the building, and you're all salvation. There's a helicopter coming. People said, look, just get to the roof. And once you're at the roof, you're safe. The helicopter is coming to get you. Yeah. So you strive and you walk and you climb stairs and you climb stairs. When you get the roof, you bust open the door, the sunlight, the fresh air, and you exclaim, yay, we are saved. But are you really saved now? Think about that. You're only saved in so much as you can trust the promise of the helicopter. Yeah. Because what if at, now let's let's pretend like this is a Michael Bay movie, and the building's on fire, the explosions are happening, the helicopter's coming, and then Godzilla jumps up and smacks the <laughs> helicopter down, and now you're just set there on top yeah. of the building with no yeah. helicopter coming. Yeah, then you're not going to be saved from the burning building. <laughs> That's it. So you're not saved. So there's a yeah. very real sense in which 
nobody is technically saved yeah. because they haven't been brought out of this world yet by Jesus who's coming back to get us. Right. Hadn't been saved in eternal in the eternal state. Yet. Yes. Yeah. But there's also a very real sense in which because is is Jesus's promise sure? Yeah. Well, the answer oh, to that is yeah, yes. Unequivocally, yes. So, so sure is the promise of Jesus of his return to come get us yep. that if we remain in the location of salvation, yep. we can boldly say with no mitigation, yep. we are saved as if it has already happened. Yep. And if you'll Google some scholarly stuff and run in some scholarly circles, this is what is known as the prophetic perfect tense. It's it's speaking of something that has not yet happened as if it has already happened. And if you're thinking, well, Tony, where can you find that in Scripture? Go back and read the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Isaiah 53, everything about the suffering servants is, is, is past tense as if it's already happened. Yeah. But it's clearly about Jesus. And only God can speak that way. Good stuff. Yes, yeah, and, and and of course we are right when we speak that way because yep. look at all the past tense of saved for Christians in the first century. Yeah. I'm not trying to change the vernacular of anybody. I'm just trying to let us know, look, you know, there's there, there's a way to conceptualize this that makes it really, really awesome, and the trust is in the promise of Jesus. Yes, I am saved. How yep. can I ever say that? Well, because Jesus is coming back. Yep. And that's yep. as sure as I'm sitting here in this little basement office slash studio in New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah, I like Second Corinthians one. He mentions how uh, Jesus has saved us, is saving us, and will save us. That's it. That, know, that's past, a good way to conceptualize past, it. present, and future in uh, yep. First Second Corinthians chapter one. And I also love Second Timothy chapter four. Just the whole chapter. I love Second Timothy chapter four. It's one of my Absolutely. favorite sections. And one of the high points it kind of ends with after he says, I'm, I fought the good fight and all that. And he says, you know, no one stood with me at my first defense. All forsook me, but the Lord stood with me, stood with me and strengthened me. I like 2 Timothy 4.18. Connects right into what we're talking about. And the Lord will deliver me. There's salvation. He will deliver me, future tense, from yeah. every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. So that's talking about being delivered in the future, you know, when he comes. That's it. For the eternal state in heaven. Yeah. Well, ju just that. for the— I love that. I do, too. And just for the sake of this conversation, from the perspective of Paul, did Paul consider himself saved or not, having been delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son? Yeah. What what one single word could you co-op or appropriate or employ to use to describe that state of being saved. of being delivered yeah, exactly yeah. it's saved yeah. yeah now how come how come you can say saved because jesus is coming back yeah and you yeah. can that's a that's a sure promise yeah i love that yeah if jesus if we didn't know whether or not jesus was coming back we couldn't say boldly i am saved we'd have to say well i'll be saved as long as jesus returns yeah no no He's going to return. Yes. Nothing is going to stop that. Exactly. <laughs> you can stop it, yourself from being delivered. 
<laughs> well, but it's not going to stop Jesus from coming back and delivering his own that are faithful. The the beautiful thing about the illustration, and I didn't come up with this illustration. I mean, no, no, I did come up. I didn't steal this illustration. I'm I'm so used to stealing stuff. <laughs> yeah, you have to admit you that I had it. a Freudian slip. But right. no, no, I I didn't. I come up with this illustration because I was trying to think about how to conceptualize this, and then I, well, I said, well, that's awful highbrow and abstract. So how can I boil it down? You wanted something it's, real simple. It's the, the 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 rooftop of the church of the building represents the church. The church is the location of salvation. If you're in the location of the salvation, if you're and the salvation that's coming is the helicopter. But what happens if you go back into the burning building? You'll perish. You won't be delivered. Now, what helicopter pilot on the planet once he touches, once once he's coming, if you burst onto the rooftop as he's setting down, like as long as he is not away from the building, if you want to take a chance and you want to go back down in that building and wait until he's touched down and you want to bust through then, that's, I guess that's fine. But, buddy, you're really taking a chance. Oh, Absolutely. You're really you're taking a your chance. immortal soul for eternity. That's it. it ain't worth risking. That's no. no, 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 no. So the best thing to do is to go to the location where salvation is and stay That's right. there. That's the only assurance. That's the only assurance. That's the only way you can be sure. How many yeah. times, Aaron, as a gospel preacher, have you talked to people who is who have who who have left the church and they don't say these words, but you know this is what they mean. Well, I'll come back to the fold towards the end of my life when I'm not so busy. Mm -hmm. I, here's what I heard a lot. I know, but. I know, but. I know, but. I just got so I much to do. I K-N-O-W. No. I know, but. I know. That's amazing. Uh, so many good comments here. We can enjoy salvation now, but must not become complacent. Let us be like Paul and press on. See also Hebrews 3.12. Yeah, the well. reference. The reference. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no! Let, let me let me get a few of that. We've been yeah, ignoring the comments. Go ahead. Uh, we get we get kind of excited. This is <laughs> y'all are we we would do this regardless of whether or not it was recorded. Uh, the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse us, Danny Minter. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, oh, hold on. And John Exum uh, copy and pasted uh, Philippians three twelve through thirteen twelve through twelve through fourteen. Where Paul says, "Not, not I, he doesn't operate as if he had already attained." That's the beautiful thing, but but this one thing that he does, he presses towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It is cold out there, Connie Barden. Are you prepared to meet Jesus, Connie Barden? That's what the topic is about. Yeah. <laughs> Connie Barden's prepared, and then birds are prepared too. She fed them. I, well, you know, actually, the funny thing is, Connie fed him, but God did it. Didn't God promise to feed the sparrows? Yes, he did. Well, Connie, God fed the sparrows through his servant, Connie. Yeah, that's right. She's just you carrying out about the Lord's that. will. I remember, I remember, uh, help me out, old, venerable, passed away not too long ago, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Uh, he, he told a story about, uh, when he was a preacher or a teacher, a professor at Freed Hardeman. I don't know why I'm having trouble English. <laughs> when he was a professor at Freed Hardeman, Aaron, he um, 
he said, I'd get my little truck and go down to the co-op when it snowed and we'd get a bag of bird seed. And he had either, he had several feeders around or he would just broadcast spread the seed. Yeah. And he said, I wanted to show my son that God keeps his promises because God, <laughs> God awesome. promised to speed the little, feed the little birds. Yeah. He Ain't just, that cool? That's awesome that we, we can be a part of fulfilling God's promises. I know it. That's incredible. Well, think about it. God will never leave us and never forsake us. Well, how does God visit us sometimes? God visits us through the medium of our brethren. That's right. Yeah. You, you, ever, you ever been on the verge of doing something stupid in your life that you really needed some help from God, and then a faithful brother or sister pull you out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mustn't forget the squirrels. <laughs> they get their fair share. Ain't that right? <laughs> Yeah. Ain't that right? Jay Weiss said, missed the discussion yesterday. Well, yesterday. Well, it is it is archived on YouTube. And uh Barry Odell from Mammoth Spring Church of Christ is here. Good morning, Barry. Reginald Perry, Diana Harden, and of course John Exum. Uh Hey Hey Alabama and Terry Crooks. And folks, if I missed anybody, I'm not I'm 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 not I'm not being rude. I'm just being daft because I didn't see your comment. Um, and if and if and if we don't acknowledge your comment, you can re up it. Um, anyway, yeah. Sometimes God uses the ungodly to correct us as well. Danny, I fully believe that. That's um, yeah. That's well. I mean, you can't not believe it because well, Cyrus. Yeah. Was called God's anointed. Oh yeah, and incidentally, Pharaoh or Pharaoh, not Pharaoh, Emperor Nero was in power whenever Paul wrote what we call Romans thirteen. Yep, and that means Nero would have been a servant of God. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember which Assyrian king it was. Maybe. One of those uh, Abbasdanople, I don't know, you know, one of those yeah. names, but it was an Assyrian king. We don't know God, what his mama called him. Yeah, I'd have to get digger, <laughs> digger. <laughs> I'd have to dig deeper into uh, Isaiah 10. It's been a minute since I've looked at it, but I recall I just flipped over to it, Isaiah 10, 5. He called Assyria his rod of anger. That's so it. God used Assyria, and the same was true. My servant Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Jeremiah. Yeah. Used, Dude, yeah. something just popped in my head based on that. Uh, that was Haggai's problem. Now, I love it yeah. whenever the song leader or the, or the person get up to do announcements to call assembly, instead yeah. of just banging on the pulpit and telling everybody to sit down, he goes, the Lord is in his holy temple. That'll quiet well, that, him down. <laughs> it, it will quiet him down, and it's good. But if you go to Habakkuk there, I think I said Haggai. It's Habakkuk 2.20. If you go to Habakkuk, Habakkuk's problem was with God using wicked people to correct God's people. Yep. I, yep. And, I, and God's response was, look, God's in his holy temple. You need to shut up. Yep. <laughs> yep. God's in charge. <laughs> shut up. Yep. You need to take notice. That's Habakkuk 2.20. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. That's a good look. I, mean, I, I wanna, shut up, listen, and pay attention to God. I, I, I'm having a lot of trouble learning. I, I'm, 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 I have very little elasticity left in my brain to learn stuff. 
I really want to learn how to set up an online store that's a print-on-demand mm-hmm. so we can sell uh, coffee mugs, thermoses, stuff like that, and T-shirts. Yeah. And I think a good T-shirt would be Habakkuk 220, God's in charge, shut up. I agree. Would that not be a good T-shirt? Would you wear that yep. T-shirt? Yeah. Habakkuk God's in charge, shut up. Yep. I mean, oh, I can. there's another one very similar, like, Psalm, uh, what is it, 4610, uh, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the air. So be still. Go limp. Shut up. Be quiet. Yep. Let go. That's it. Shut <laughs> up, be quiet, let God. go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. Maybe we could come up with something cute or like alliterate it. Three yeah. points, same letter or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Shut up. Uh, I, I, stop I, complaining. Stop. I don't know. So we could have that one, but I think the ones is God – God's in charge. Shut up, Habakkuk yeah, two twenty. Yep, we need. To I hear think that. that would sell like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah. And see, the thing is, if it was like drop, what do you call it? Drop ship, like to order. You just well, it, it's yeah, drop ship, it, print on demand. So all the, demand, like, we don't yeah. handle any inventory. We don't do any design. Yeah, what would be cool is like we could just take clips or just not clips, but just things we say on the show from time to time and turn and just, them into graphics. Just make that a yeah. Well, you know, I even think like. Uh, We'll catch. I say all the time. We'll catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think our Christianity Now logo would make a really good T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've got a Jesus loves me. This I know logo that I paid to have made years ago. Yeah. Um, that'd make a good T-shirt. Your wife, with her particular talent, yeah. could put stuff together for us. I think we could come up with some cool slogans, and her and some others might could come up with some yeah. cool designs. Yep, yep, you yep. know, because you need both. Yeah, but I've, I've got to figure out how way to, again, it's hard for me to break into it, and I just don't learn things like I used to. All right, awesome. John Exum says he's got a Psalm 46 T-shirt, 10 T-shirt from Walmart. Um, hey, hey, Alabama says, uh, for the guy that said God was responsible for Pharaoh's behavior, God didn't change Pharaoh's mind for him. He let him be himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Folks, we may have some really good comments that I that I overlooked. Um, I, I, there was one John Exum wrote about salvation being positional. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's good stuff, and I appreciate all of your comments. And thank you for the verses in Isaiah uh, 43.10 of Jeremiah, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, um, Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, the staff in whose hands is my indignation. Yep, yep, good deal. And, and, and as Connie Barden says, God still does that. Yep. Oh, let me tell you how humbling it is, Aaron. Whenever you've, whenever, when I say, when I say you, I'm not you, I'm not saying you, I'm actually, I'm meaning me. (laughs) So how often do we let pride build up and we get this sense of ego and we get a sense of entitlement, and we are resolved to treat somebody, let's say a, a worker in a, in a retail store or a restaurant, a, you know, our service doesn't go our way, and we're resolved to treat somebody in a very, um, may, maybe be less than gentle with them, okay? Mm-hmm. But then we see somebody that we would look down on, Quite frankly, like well, that that look at that tattooed, beer drinking, drug doing, 
but that person has the same or worse experience than we, and he outshines us as far as Christian virtue and how to behave. Yeah. Yeah. And that just makes you want to crawl under the table. Yeah. That the heathen out there is schooling you on how to act. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's that's something. Yeah, it's amazing when the heathen have little flashes of <laughs> godliness. Oh, it's a good one. Danny Mentor. Uh, we could do Let's Ride. Of course, Danny, Danny, I, I know now why this image come to my head. Uh, we could do a, a Let's Ride and and have like the the image of a you know lines together, but like with a motorcycle kind of flowing, and yep. do First Kings eighteen forty four. Prepare thy chariot. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Go up, <laughs> say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Let's go. Yeah. You want to challenge me? Look, yeah. Gird your loins, boys. Gird up your Gird loins. Your loins. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds funny because we say it like a bunch of country bumpkins, you know. I know it. I know it's it. It's not that God's word's funny. It's Could funny it be that God it? used COVID to discipline the or test his church? Well, I, I, we, me, Aaron, and Brock on the We Talk Truth podcast discussed that quite a bit. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if anything's outside the realm of possibility in that. But I do know that I, I, I God did not. I do. Okay. I do one hundred percent agree and would die on this hill that COVID was a discipline and test for God's church. Yeah. Now, whether or not God sent it, that's beyond finding out. I, 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 well, whether or not God sent it, I don't think. Obviously, God didn't set up on a cloud in heaven looking down on the earth and go, COVID, yeah, and send us COVID. Yeah. So it's kind of like the chastisement of the Lord. There are rules of the cosmos, and if you yeah. break the rules of the cosmos, the system that God has created will chastise you. Yeah, and that that goes back to Genesis chapter four. If thou doest well, will it not be accepted of thee? And if thou doest not well, then sin lieth at the door. Yeah, the thing about providence and God working and circumstances and situations in life is you, some decent arguments can be made on both sides. Well, God did this, God didn't do this, God used this, God didn't use that, and yeah, you know, there's certain things we can know that God's not just sitting in heaven killing innocent lives. Just right. you know, like, but. But well, there's things we don't know. That's all I was wanting to say. Yes, like you can't and, put your finger on every single thing and know that God did this or didn't do this unless the principles of God's Word clearly teach such, you know. Yeah, but I will absolutely die on a hill that it was absolutely a discipline and a test. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, God. I definitely think so, too. Yeah. All right, but listen listen to this. This is a good example. This, this isn't about... Okay, we're going. To, I promise you. In the in the last segment of the show, we we have ten ways to prepare for Jesus' second coming. So Jesus is coming back. Second Jesus coming? is coming back. Okay. The the you know, be prepared. Even yeah yeah. All right. Verse twenty seven of Roman one. Romans one. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that. Uh, it, it, that recompense of their error, which was meat. Hello, Deborah O'Neill. And uh, I feel many of us failed the test. I sadly, sadly agree with that, Connie. 
Reluctantly, I agree with that, but yeah. reluctantly and sadly. Anyway, yep. so is it the case? Now, what, what else could it be but sexually transmitted disease that these practicing homosexuals received in themselves that recompense, which was meat, the, okay, their error caused them to receive something, compensation, for their evil deeds that was commensurate with the evil deeds. Yep. What could that be other than sexually transmitted disease? Now, that begs the question then. And the long ago was God sitting on a cloud and said, look at all these promiscuous people, herpes, gonorrhea, HIV. Did he do that? Like directly oh, giving it to him, right? Right. Or when God said, let there be light, and he formed the universe, and he made one man, one woman for life, that when you pervert the plan of the cosmos, yeah. then you're going to incur the wrath of God, which is meted out yep. through the cosmos. Yep, I think so. So just like if you lie, granted, you're going to spend an eternity in hell if that's unrepentant, but if you're found out to be a liar, are you ever going to be able to hold down a good job? No. Nope. Are you ever going to have a good circle of friends with whom you can feel no. camaraderie and nope. really trust? Nope. You ever going to be married to a woman? Well, I'm, 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 I'm a man. I speak from a man's perspective. Are you going to be able to marry, be, have, have a good, full relationship with a spouse? Mm. No, that that's the universe. That's yep. God through the universe <laughs> chastising you. That's Genesis 4, 7. Exactly. So that's, COVID was a test in that way. COVID oh, yeah. was disciplining us in that way. Mm -hmm. So I have no problem saying it come from, that that, that, that was a test from God. Yep. But what I want to be 100% clear on is how it came about. Yeah. Well, there's too many questions that we can't ask anyway, or we can't answer if we start yeah. saying, what did God do this and send it, you know, and and because that seemingly contradicts things about God's character, you know, and his goodness too. And yep. knowing like little children would die from that and people who are living godly die from that. And if you know. if if I could sum up the law of the universe, which is given by God, now I'm not using this in the mystical way that the Stoics used it, but I'm talking about the the God of the universe. Using the universe, if I could, if I could boil down the rules of the cosmos to one rule, you reap what you sow. That, that's right, exactly like Miss Connie Barton said. You that's... you you sow a bunch of promiscuous seeds, you're going to reap yep. the rewards of promiscuity. But what are they? HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, herpes. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna greatly reduce, especially if you're a woman you are going to greatly reduce your ability to pair bond. Yep. And, you know, AIDS, even though that's become very treatable here in this yep. country, in many places it's not. Right. I'm not saying that proves anything. I'm just saying that's something we tend to forget because we narrow our view to Western culture. Yeah. It's still and a terrible sickness, a terrible virus i mean it's absolutely a lot of people well 
Well, here, I mean, once you have it, once you have it, you're 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 going to die with it. Period. I, I mean, no cure for it. In Western civilization, it, it, the way we deal with it now and can treat it, so it, like you take Magic Johnson. In my opinion, it makes it almost look like, eh, no big deal. Yeah, you know? but look at the money that he has. I I know. Look at the money that he has. Now, granted, it's AIDS is is much more trivialized today, but still. If you have AIDS, if you have HIV and full-blown AIDS, you are forever marked with I, that. I know. You can't give blood. You've got to, like, doctors have to be careful how they handle you. You you just. It's not like, oh, everything's fine. It's like, well, no, yeah. everything ain't fine. It's still bad. It's yeah. still not good. Yep. You You can never have a normal sexual relationship with anybody. Like if you get married, like you have to disclose that to somebody that you date. Yeah, because if you don't, they ain't gonna like it one bit. That's right. You got to be careful because it can be passed to the children. If a mother, a child, if a mother with AIDS has has, has is pregnant, yeah, there's there's cross. I mean, it could be I, the, I, the I, child could be born with HIV. That's a consequence of the of the cosmos that God put in there. Absolutely. And I'm wondering if Satan doesn't try to sneak in there and make it look like it ain't quite so bad because we got medicine for it now. That's right. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if Satan ain't working in there trying to do that. That's what I'm if, thinking. If we don't if we don't believe that this that that in the realm of, of providence that these entities are not working through physical mediums, then we're fools. We don't understand the Bible. Yep. Romans 8, 28, God can use things for our good as well. So never forget that. And first response, first responders have to be told if you have HIV or AIDS. Yep. Yeah, it's dangerous. All right. Excellent. Listen, listen this is why we do the live stream. You, the, you people that comment, don't think that you're derailing the show. You're actually making it better, mm. in my opinion. Yep. We want the comments. My daughter's a dental tech and... If someone comes in with AIDS, they really suit up for it. Absolutely. Oh, well, it's no big deal, Miss Connie. I got medicine for it now. and I know. It's no big This No, it still is a big deal. <laughs> and look at this, talking about Satan. I used protection, so immorality must not be that bad. Nope, still a sin. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Like Satan yeah. working in there trying to have yeah. them consequences. We can take modern, and you know what the naturalist, the the atheistic naturalist is saying, "Oh, we'll have all this. There'll be a utopia. Yeah, we're gonna, we're getting, we can, we, we, we on the verge of curing cancer, boy. We well, can do, we can do. Ain't, ain't no god. You we understand the humanist and the atheistic, the naturalist and stuff. You understand they're just trying to create heaven. Yeah, they just want it on earth. Yeah, they want it without God and His rules, et cetera. I don't, I don't want my, I don't want my heaven on this earth." No. I don't. I don't want to live my best life now. <laughs> I want to live I, my, my my best. I don't want my best life to be the shortest part of my existence. Yeah, we'll put it like that. I want to live the best I can now for my best life to come. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Let me get this. Without COVID or Trump, I don't think I would ever would have ever opened my Bible looking for truth. I was led by the Bible to the church. God used leaders and disease to turn in the Old Testament. I think it's a tool today. 
Oh, I got you. I read that with a wrong inflection, Philip says, Carmen. God used leaders in disease to turn. That means turn people in the Old Testament back to him. I think it's a tool today. Well, I think you're wrong, Philip S. Carmen. I don't think it's think. I think (laughs) it just is. (laughs) It is a tool today. Mm -hmm. And I'll die on that hill. You know, and, and hopefully my little stumbled attempt at humor come off the way it was intended. I agree on 100% with your statement. My thing is, yeah, I agree too. Nothing has changed. Like, no. Like God still works through leaders, uses them. They're, they're, we still have daily tests. I mean, like yeah. nothing's changed. No, none of that has changed. Right. God is love, and he wants me to be happy with whomever I choose. That's another work of the devil. Yeah, well. And the bad thing, you know you know what the most dangerous lie is? It's the lie that has a seed of truth. Mm-hmm. God loves me, and he wants me to be happy. It's That's like, absolutely true. It's like there's a seed of truth in that. Yes. It's just sugar-coated with all the lying explanations of it. <laughs> Well, you, you, the old venerable preachers from the past, they passed around that sermon evidently because I've heard it attributed to 10 different old preachers. The knot in the devil's tail. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. one little old word. Yeah. You shall not surely die. Yeah. You well, shall heard, surely die. I've heard gospel sermons with that and with, with those sheet charts too. Yeah. Yeah. The knots. And they go through the different. That's it. Mostly truth, yeah, that's a thing. And, and but so, what? Let me let me say something here. Um, mostly truth is the same as a complete lie. So if you have a if you have a, a statement that is ninety nine percent based in reality, but there's one percent of the statement that's false, then the entire statement is not true. If we're speaking propositionally. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as a half truth. Right. It's either you're you're telling the truth or you're telling a lie. So when people say half truth, they mean there's a seed of truth in it. That's well, that's what they really mean. Is it I, actually what what I think it is, a half truth is reserved for like like I use this illustration all the time. If I leave the house at noon and I tell my wife, Hey, I'm gonna go pick up groceries. When I go pick up groceries, but I go to three other places, and she says, where have you been? It took you so long. I said, well, I just went out to pick up groceries. All right. People say, well, that's a half truth, so you're lying. No, I did not lie. I told the truth. She just didn't ask for further information. That's not a lie. Just because I don't give you access to everything that I have in my brain, that doesn't mean I'm lying to you. Now, if she'd have said, well, did you go anywhere ex- else? Right. If I'd said, no, well, no, the then that's store. that's a that's a, that's lie. a lie. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean to mess up the illustration. No, no, no. Just, and, and you I could just, you can you can further illustrate it as the place that I did go was a travel agency to set up a cruise, and we're going to go see the Bahamas. But what if you didn't tell her that it was a surprise? Right. I still can't lie. But now she and no, I have been married. She's been she and I have been married like twenty five years now. Twenty four. Sorry, twenty four. December eleventh, nineteen ninety nine. So we're twenty four mm-hmm. years. Um, if she said, "Well, Tony, 
I know that it didn't take no three hours at Walmart. What did you do? I would give her my half-cocked smile, and I would say, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. Just wait. She would not ask me anymore because we've built that trust. Yeah. Yeah, if you got that trust and relationship, I think that's a good way to respond when you're trying to keep a good surprise. Yes. There's nothing but I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to my wife no. even to do even to keep that surprise. No. Now, it it what 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 makes people hard to grasp is whenever you make it nefarious. Mm-hmm. So when you go to Walmart, get some groceries, but you spend 30 minutes Walmart and two and a half hours in the pool hall boozing it up and gambling. Yeah. And then she says, well, what took you so long? I was just getting groceries. Well, that's nefarious, but you still didn't lie. Like you sinned against your wife, but you still didn't lie. Now she just said, no, something's something's fishy. Ain't right to be nefarious to your wife. Right. That's the thing. That's wrong. Yes. But where'd you really go? Yeah. Now, if she says words, you really go, I really went to Walmart. No, you went somewhere else. Did you go somewhere else? At that point, if you say no, not only are you nefarious, but now you're a liar. Now you're a nefarious liar. Yeah. So tell them the truth one-on-one. Tell the truth. And number two, if you're trying to find the truth, ask specific questions. That's it. And that'll help you in preparing for Jesus' return. <laughs> I guarantee it will. Now, that, now it's funny you brought that up. This is a topic of the show we haven't talked about yet. So I've got these 10 things, Aaron. I love it. All right. Number one, you, you'd think this should go without saying, but it doesn't. Live righteously. I, I think of... Uh, Nefarious. Yeah. That's it. Nip it in the bud. Yeah. So the the importance of leading a life that reflects Christian values. Matthew twenty four, forty two through forty four. We have yeah. to watch and be ready. Why? Because the time of the second coming is not known. Yeah. Have do, do, have you ever been caught unawares, being unprepared? Before yeah, Aaron, it's awful. <laughs> I know it's it's such a terrible feeling. It's embarrassing too. Yeah, and and I, this is a core memory, and I think I've told it so much that I've remembered it over and over again. That I may there there may be parts of it I'm embellishing. I'm just going to tell it. Yeah. When I was very very young, we were living on uh, Treese Road in this big old big old farmhouse. And my dad had like an early 1980s Caprice classic that was bronzy, goldy color or whatever. Well, they left, and the first time that they went to town and they left me alone, I remember I got into everything. I mean, I got in the kitchen. I got stuff out of the freezer. I was, you know, made some food or whatever. I can't remember all exactly. But then I remembered, oh man, they're going to be coming back soon because they told me when he's going to be back. And I've got this big mess. Mm-hmm. I was unprepared for their yeah. coming. So yeah. whenever, now you could see, because I knew what I knew they'd be coming back from over yonder yeah. and they'd be coming around this curve and I could see the lights of that Caprice Classic. Yep. And it was dreadful to watch for it, it was just it was dreadful. Every car that come by I thought it was them already and this, that, and the other. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I ended up not getting it cleaned up and I got in a fair amount of trouble. Yeah. But 
that taught me the next time they come back, you know, I still got into some stuff as a kid. Yeah. And they knew I was going to get in some stuff. Okay? Yeah. But but I cleaned up after myself. Yeah. And so now, when it's time for them to come back, I was looking for them to come back, and the emotion was different. Yeah. I was happy. Yeah. Because quite frankly, I was tired of being by myself. Yeah. Because while they were gone, they told me I couldn't go outside. Yeah. You know, as I couldn't leave the house unless it was, yeah. unless it was on fire. Because I had a habit, I would go miles and miles in the wood. Even He's at, boxed up and bored. I know. I seven or eight years old. I couldn't go down to the creek. I couldn't go down nothing while they yeah, were these gone. Yeah. These days, these days, most people wouldn't leave their kids. I, can't, I mean, it's just different. You know. No. You yeah. You wouldn't. Most situations, you wouldn't want to do that these days. Yep. I've been caught hours from home on two wheels because it looked clear at home before I left. Yeah. 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 All right. I think and, the thing that's crazy about being prepared is like a lot of times we're not prepared for things and we deep down we knew ahead of time. We knew I it could have happened, but we just yeah. It's just like the foolish virgins, you know, we're just just careless. Yeah. So we just it's like I knew I should have brought an umbrella. It could have happened. And I knew, you know. Every one of them virgins had faith, or yeah. excuse, had oil. Sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. had faith. The oil. I think the oil represents faith. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to dissect yeah. the parable too yeah. much because then you'll miss the point. But they, they just didn't have enough. I know it, and they couldn't borrow anybody else's when the time come, could they? Uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. Nope. But they could have at any time filled their lamps. Yep. They just waited too late. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Back to back to dealing with brethren, trying to encourage brethren. Yeah, I know, but I know, but so and so up there at the church did me wrong. I know, but I don't like the congregation there anymore. I know, but yeah. it'd be too hard for me to change. Yeah, I know, I but a lot of people going to heaven on. I know, but I know, but so number two. I know, I so, know. I've seen not only shake their heads. I, exactly. I know. I know. I'm like, quit knowing and do. That's what I, I, I've well, preached that. Quit feel knowing like Yoda. and do. There is no try. Yeah. There's yeah. do or do not. <laughs> exactly. Because if, if and, and, and it took me a long time to understand what Yoda meant. Yeah. It's not like, so I think about Ricky Bobby, the ballad of Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah. If you're not first, you're last. And, and his daddy, when he finally, Met his daddy. He told his daddy, I've lived by that. If you're not first, you're last. And his daddy said, Bobby, that's crazy. Who told you that? He said, you did. He said, oh, man, when I said that, I was drunk. You shouldn't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He said, of course, if you're not first, there's second place, third. There's even fourth and fifth place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, I was just thinking about how few <laughs> preachers preach the necessity of being prepared and what that involved, we really need to preach it. You got it, Ted Knight, and I really need to hear it, quite frankly. That's one reason why y'all getting the podcast today. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you know, a lot of times <laughs> preaching seems to just be what we might style as educational. It's very, it's 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 biblical and everything, and they it's, might not be saying anything incorrect. They're exegeting it correctly, but there's well, it, not like any persuasion or motivation to it. Like It's exegetical, not homiletical yeah exactly it's like we need both you need to use yep. god's word correctly and you need to 
persuade people. Persuade to apply. Reprove, rebuke, that's exhort. The, that's the point, to apply it. Yeah. Back to that whole, I know, I know I, I need know. to. I know I need to come back to church. I know I need. It gets so aggravating hearing yeah. that. People are going to die and go to hell on that attitude. A bunch of preachers out there preaching the the unadulterated, unmitigated truth of God's word. Yeah. But in a way where it puts a it allows people to march towards the gates of hell with a smile on their face. That's why you and I feel like it's our job for people, if they're in the assembly, if they're a child of God, they're strengthened and encouraged if they're living right. If they're not prepared, they're uncomfortable. They don't want to be there. Like it. If somebody just if somebody just leaves, and the reason why is because I make them uncomfortable by preaching the truth. It's like, well, that's that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Not not will we just keep them there and make them feel okay as they are. Yeah, but if they're here, they can learn. Not with that attitude, they can't. With that attitude, they can sit in the building for a thousand services. But if they don't, you know, that's what. I'm, but we're like, we keep yeah. them, keep them. Well, yeah, don't don't. Don't knowingly push them away no. carelessly. I'm not talking about that. There, there's a difference between preaching the truth and someone running off because of that. Yeah. And running someone off with the truth. Yep. Yep. We are called to be watchmen. Take your post and be prepared. You got that right. Jason Goldtrip says, always be truthful unless your wife asks, does this make me look fat? Uh, yeah, I've ever since the beginning of our marriage, LaBeth and I've always joked about that, and I've told her I will never lie to you. Like if you come out and be like, "Hey, does this dress look make me look fat?" I'll be like, "Nah, baby, this that Twinkie you're eating that makes you look fat." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. that Big Mac you ate makes you look fat. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I don't don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be mean to her or anything like that. But uh, and I wouldn't say, "Yeah, you're you know fat as a butterball turkey." You don't need to be wearing that dress. I would dwell with her in knowledge, and I would be like, you know, I like that dress. Now, why do you think I'd like it? Because <laughs> it's too tight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, but may, maybe you need to get another dress to wear out in public. <laughs> it's like, we need to be thinkers. Like, we yeah. can come up with a, with a way to answer. Yeah. You don't need to lie. You don't have to yeah. lie. We've yeah. dealt with that a lot on Christianity now. Just the whole I know Nazis, it. and I don't want to go down into all that again necessarily. Right. But just, right. it's like you don't have to lie. Just <laughs> no. think, think. Just but think of a you creative way to you don't answer. Have to, you don't have to. You don't have to cause harm with the truth either. Exactly. You don't. You, you can don't use a little bit of tact. Fat, ugly slob. It's like what in the <laughs> I world? Know it. It's like, hey, you understand? I'm fat. Like I'm carrying around an extra hundred pounds that I need to shed. <laughs> I know what caused it. I filled my gut up being too stupid to realize if yep. you take more calories in than you burn off, you're going to gain weight. Yep. So my first year of Memphis School of Preaching, I didn't realize you thinking don't burn as much calories as lifting. <laughs> it does not. So I gained 100 pounds my first year, and I hadn't been able to shake it. Yep. But anyway, I, I don't want It's hard once you go down that route. I know. It is. It's hard. But I don't want anybody, I don't want anybody treating me like a dog over it. Right. You know, Even but I, I also, true. I also don't want somebody to look at me and say, "Tony, you're the you have you're you're the best looking nails you've ever been in your life." I'm like, "No, you you must hate my guts." Right, you're good to go, man. I know. But in the corner, they're crossing their fingers. I hope Tony dies an early death. I'm sick of him. <laughs> I know it. I know it because I I know what I I know what I looked like when I was 20. Yeah. yeah. 
Some clothing. Some, some clothing labels need weight restrictions nowadays. Easy, Danny Mentor. Easy. You're on 100% correct, but uh, easy. Well, <laughs> well, the thing about the labels, it would help with modesty, that's for sure. Yeah. It's much easier to put it off or to put it on than it is to take it off. You got that right. Yeah. Be prudent with discretion. That's it. And people have lost all morals in the clothing they wear. Yes, sadly, also in the Lord's church. Mm-hmm. I weighed 110 pounds when I'm married. Now I weigh 220. I just tell my husband he has twice the woman he married. Yes, <laughs> and and I mean, you know, it's, it's true. good. Don't don't uh, don't don't knock a bigger woman. Um, there, I'm telling you. And and, and but my, my wife weighed 98 pounds. When we were married. Yeah. That's little. I really liked it. But she, we've aged some, <laughs> and she no longer weighs 98 pounds, and I like it way more. <laughs> yeah. If you catch my drift. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say about that. Let's get into the second, number two, being prepared for Jesus' coming. <clears throat> This podcast is going to get some people killed over this weight stuff between husband and wives. Yeah, and they say, yes. you know, Tony and Aaron ain't showing up for the show. <laughs> I know but we do. We got a wound. I know it. I once saw a fully figured preacher wearing skinny jeans, an untucked shirt, no socks, holes in his jeans. He wasn't a member of the Lord's Church. Yeah, that blows my mind. All right. Maintain faith. Number two. So... We must have a steadfast faith. Why is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Hebrews writer says that it's impossible to please God without it. Yeah. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You must believe that he is and that he rewards those that diligently seek him. How in the world can we be prepared for Jesus' second coming without a steadfast, stalwart maintained faith so much in the new testament about about stick to itness like sticking with it stick to itness yeah. that needs to be stick in the webster's dictionary yeah i mean i remember billy bland seems like he used to say that a lot one of our instructors he would say yeah. that and you know there's so much in there because it's a constant battle you know with satan in life and you just you got to stick to it you got to know you're in it for the long haul like i'm in it till jesus comes back of the whole Fighting the battle, you know, absolutely Stick with it. Like it's not a, it's not a once and done. Well, I preached a great sermon. Now I'm good to go. You know, I studied the book of Revelation. Yeah. Some people act that way. I've acted that way in the past. You know, I've studied enough. I'm good to go and never would tell anybody that, but I sure acted that way. Or like, like the fellow that on his first day at Memphis school of preaching, he st- stood up in chapel. Like they have all the new students do mm-hmm. and say, you know, who you are, who 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 influenced you to come yeah. and a little bit about yourself and he said all that and he said I'm here because I I know I know the New Testament I just need to brush up on the Old Testament <laughs> yeah so and really? according to according to one of our teachers he said <laughs> <laughs> after his first test on the Book of Matthew he wrote him a note on the test that evidently you need to brush up on the New Testament too <laughs> yeah. Yep. Eternal life to those who by patient continuous, that's persevering continuance in doing good, yep. seek for glory, honor, and immortality, Romans 2, 7. Amen. 
that's a good principle there. We never stop learning, Jewel Pender. But w- sorry, that sounded like I was addressing her. Jewel Pender says, we never stop learning, but we have to start, but we have got to start growing. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Where there is no faith, there is no entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. That's right. A wife asked her husband if the dress made her look fat. The husband replied in the affirmative. He did survive, but he did walk with a limp after that. Not a true story. Not a true story. I bet it's happened somewhere. I bet, yeah, I bet somewhere <laughs> in the thousands of years of Earth history and the billions of people lived on this earth. Yeah. Probably happened. Knowledge without application is useless. Yep. And, and, and it's a, I would say application is wisdom. Yep. How do you apply the knowledge? That's so, right. Aaron, a yep. tomato, is it a fruit or a vegetable? Uh, fruit, I think. It's a fruit, so you have yep. knowledge. Yeah. Should we, when we make a fruit salad, include tomatoes? No. <laughs> you have wisdom. Yeah, no. <laughs> that is wise. Right. Yeah. yeah, you know how to apply it. <laughs> now you know how to apply that knowledge. Yeah. Proper preparation produces productive performances. There you go. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Yeah. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, where's the peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked? And you've practiced that one more than one I've, time. I've said that once. Yeah. All right. So we got maintaining faith. Number next, Aaron, are you ready? Hey, do you have First Peter uh, 1, 3 through 5 in there by chance? I got you, it in my Bible. You, no, I, yeah, you got the same Bible I do. You got it in there in them notes. I well, read it. No, I don't, actually. I, that, that, okay. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Here's my thing I want to draw out. Who are kept by the power of God through faith. That's the idea about faith, keeping faith. Uh, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. I love those verses. Those are some so of my the implication, the, 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 <clears throat> I'm not just trying to alliterate because John is. Yeah. But. That's fun. The, the, the preserving power yeah. of God is performed through the medium of our faith. Yep. Our faith works with and through the system of faith. Yeah. We are kept or guarded by the power of God through faith. Yeah. For salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Gotcha. We may be prepared by keeping faith. Hey, it's not my my goal to run anybody off, but uh, Barry O'Dell does a live stream, and it begins at the top of the hour. Um. At the Mammoth Spring Church of Christ Facebook page, yeah. and he's doing a, gen, a study in Genesis. So if you're if you're if you're not going to attend it live, my suggestion is watch the watch the archive. Yeah. You'll really enjoy it. Barry's such a good teacher. Oh yeah, since this is our live show, I'm gonna say stay with us and then watch Barry's post live. <laughs> yeah, but I, I understand I if you're I, I understand Barry. if right. you got to go, especially if you're <laughs> if you're involved in that study. That's right. That's right. We're gonna love our brethren either way. <clears throat> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'll force you at gunpoint. <laughs> I love him, but I ain't got to like him very much. Right. Oh, me. <laughs> oh, me and Barry go back a long way. All right. Number next. Engage in prayer. <laughs> really? That's going to help me to get prepared for Jesus' coming? 
Funny how that works. Yep. So Luke 21, 36 advises to watch and pray mm-hmm. always yep. that we may be counted worthy to escape the things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Yep. Austin Hoskins, why is it, you're the, like the third person that has accused me of sending weather <laughs> down south. Yeah. I have nothing to do with it. Mm. I talked to the man in charge. I asked yeah. him not to do it. He didn't listen to me. I don't know what you want. The, yeah. the good Lord, he did the weather pattern. I just, all y'all because, don't lay that at my feet. All y'all because don't. you're up there in the great white north. I know it. I know it. It's not my fault. We're, we, we're, we're, it's rather warm today. Yep. Yeah, that almost, that's almost a tack on the brethren in the great white north right there. I know you it. You don't even. I know it. It's like Make 28 like, degrees Fahrenheit today. It's it's, it's really? like spring. That's yeah. hot up there. Uh, for this time of year. It, it is, because it's cold here. It's like 10 degrees here. Yes. Cold Man, Austin Hoskins, I was, um, I was thinking about, I was thinking about Joe Kendall and some craziness. We, yeah. I, anyway. It om- I, w- I was trying to make sure I had something right in my head because I, I don't trust my memories. I need to call Joe Kendall. I, yeah, I mean, because I've it got out, get it cleared see, up. Yeah, because yeah, if I if I'm telling this story from my childhood, yeah. I want to make sure I'm telling it right. Right before you tell something, you and I, I need a witness. I need somebody that was there. It's anyway, 10, it's ten degrees here. It says feels like five. I know that, negative negative five. Yeah, negative. It's a I know chilly here. I know. You got snow right. on the ground here still, too. Jewel Pender says, I was fortunate to get here on this podcast, and I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you very much, Jewel Pender. Awesome. Uh, Austin Hoskins says he needs Facebook. I said, well, his wife has Facebook, so, you know, that, that's close enough. It's got Joe and Diane Kendall. How much more do you want, Austin? That's Joe <laughs> on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just sharing an account. All right. Um, Pray. Joe Kendall looks just like Clint Eastwood when he's deep in thought. <laughs> okay. Me and me and his brother, Jamie Kendall, we've always said that. Yeah. He he looks he he's got this like gaze, a younger this, Clint Eastwood. Oh Clint Eastwood. Yeah, getting yeah, kind of like old a younger. Now. Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe Joe's three or four years older than me, so Joe's yeah, I'm forty six. That means Joe's scaring the Dickens out of fifty. <laughs> yeah, but he's not near. He don't look like a ninety-year-old Clint Eastwood. But yeah. especially back when we was kids, even. But Joe's daddy, Donnie, to me, jo- Donnie Kendall looked just like Bing Crosby. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And Donnie Kendall could sing. Ooh, Clint Eastwood online since ninety-three years old. He's getting on yeah. up there. He's getting on up there. Yeah, All right. Yes. Number four. Hey, here's one more thought I was gonna say about praying. Yeah, that verse you referenced in Luke that says pray always. Yes. So you can't just do it sometimes, you know. That's right. And incidentally, we're not praying right now. Right. But the print, the 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 the, the communication there is, it's kind of like when Paul said, "Pray without ceasing." Yeah. You, your life is marked. Yep. By prayer, regular prayer. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you can't pray all the time because then you can never eat and then you never go to sleep. You can't literally so, pray all the time. 
So number four about underst- uh, about being prepared for Jesus' second coming. Give it to me. Understand the times and the signs of the times. And to assist you in doing that, you should follow the Christianity Now podcast <laughs> on every platform. There will be no signs when no. it comes. No. But you can know the times. You can understand well, the times. You can understand the times, but you cannot. There, there's no signs that will point to his coming. No. So <laughs> I can't keep it up. I was trying. I was going to try to. Anyway, what did we uh, do? What did you do to this show map, man? There's like a big laugh. Oh, I mean, it's we fun. believe what we're saying, but I'm we, we've had it's, it's been a, it's been a fun show to do. I've I've laughed a lot. It's been good. Um, Tell me to quit laughing if I need to. No, no, it's good. So in, in all seriousness, so many people uh, talk about they want to know the sign. I think the reason people want so badly to see signs is because, and, and, and I understand this is, this is trying to suss out motive where I don't know motive. But if it were me, and I would be one, if I could put myself in their shoes, I would want to live like the devil right up until the time, right before they come back and get as much of my own will, yeah, live by, as much by, own, by my own will as I can, and then right at the end do a pivot and be right with God so I can get the quote-unquote best of both worlds. Right. And if there were some signs, to, if there were some signs, that'd help you do that, wouldn't it? I, I think it would. Yeah. So there's somebody in the back saying, "Well, yeah, but that means you don't truly love the Lord." Yeah. Yeah. But if they were actually truly legitimately signs, I could truly repent when I knew them signs was going to start being fulfilled. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'm just saying, like, you could, I can go that route too. Like, that's it. I could truly start loving the Lord once I knew the signs were there. Get the best of both worlds, like you said. That's it. So number four wouldn't be understand the signs number four would be understand there are no signs no signs that's right so the implication is you must be remaining faithful yep. always be prepared yep number five spread the gospel we, we want to go to heaven we want to take as many people with us as possible yep. mm-hmm. listen i i we're going to have memories in heaven. We're going to know our loved ones in heaven. I want every one of my loved ones to be there. Yep. I don't know how it's going to play out exactly, but I really feel like that there will be some regret in that day whenever one of my loved ones is not there. Yep. I don't know how that's going to feel exactly. Yep. But... Spread the gospel. When Jesus came and spake to them, saying, "All authority is given unto me in heaven and earth." That, yeah, that's Go what he gave. That's, that's what he gave them to do to prepare for his coming. In view of the fact that he's going to come back one day, here's what you do in the meantime: you preach. Yeah. Joel Pender says the sign you need is to study God's word. There are many signs and warnings. Um, I. There are there are warnings, but the signs of Jesus' second coming, and again, I, I may I may misunderstand what you're saying here, Jewel, but yeah. the signs of Jesus' second coming, uh, like you won't like, 
there's going to be wars. There's going to be marked time of persecution. Yeah, there's there's nothing. All of that's been fulfilled. Those those signs have come to pass. Um, yeah, when you look at those passages that people claim are signs of the second coming of Jesus, they're passages that are the passages don't actually say that. They're out of their context. Right. Right. It's so sad right. that people are mistaken like that. Jewel, see that Facebook's wonderful. I know what you're saying. I'm being sarcastic. Thank you yeah. very much for that. Yeah. Gotta love Facebook. No tone. Yeah. That's right. And that's all he needed to do. You say that and bam, we got it. Yeah, got you. Sar- like, love yeah. sarcasm. Love exactly. sarcasm. Yeah. Um it's one of our favorite things to do, actually. Yeah. Um so spread the gospel. Man, <laughs> it's your commission from a king. Now, I don't know about you, but the president, and I'm not saying that the president and the king are analog, but the president of the United States has never called me and said, hey, I need you. But wouldn't you kind of swell with pride if the president of the United States said, listen, I need you to do X, Y, Z. Yep. If you're from a, a nation where there is a monarch, if the king or queen called you and said, I need you to do X, Y, Z, wouldn't your chest kind of blow up a little bit? Wouldn't you swell mm-hmm. with pride just a little? Yep. Like, you mean I'm worthy to serve the king? Yeah. Then how much more so would it not be swelled with pride that we have a commission from our king, Jesus? Right. If he's our king, we love our king. What What are we ashamed of about the message that's... That's a whole nother. But it's, it's a, that's a, that's a whole nother podcast it is what is. it is. Yeah, gird your minds for action. All right. Yep. This is going to be an interesting one. Put it on me. Practice forgiveness. Yeah, but 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 they hurt me so bad, Tony. They You don't know what they did. They You're right. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, and yeah, and, and they never said they were sorry, so I don't have to forgive them, and I'm glad I don't have to forgive them. That's right, and you know what? I, I you, mean, you don't have to forgive, but what you do have to do is you have to be like the father in the parable of the prodigal son and look to the horizon with expectant hope mm-hmm. that they will come and penitence. And you will never do that if you have anger and malice in your heart toward them. That's right. You won't. That's right. You won't so you need to, you, you, you pray for them. You, you have that healthy boundary. You're not yep. going to offer them forgiveness if they don't repent because that's not something you're allowed to do. That's right. It's, it's there is no forgiveness without repentance. That's Luke 17, one through three. That's it. But, but we don't need to be happy that we don't have to forgive them. Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah, I don't have to forgive them, boy, because they didn't repent. Wait a minute. But doesn't God want them to repent, and shouldn't you want them to repent? That's it. Don't relish in their lostness. Do you know the funny thing about, funny is not the right word, the interesting thing about the prodigal son parable (laughs) is when he did come back, you know, he had this speech rehearsed and everything, Yeah. and his daddy never let him say it. (laughs) Yeah. Just the fact that he came was his act yep. of repentance. Yep. And his daddy fell on him and, and hugged his hugged his neck and kissed his neck, said, bring the ring, kill the fatted calf, let's put the mantle around him. 
put maybe, shoes on his feet. Maybe we require things today that God doesn't. Oh, shut your like mouth! That's in not repenting, true. in repenting. Well, That's they not true. Well, they not. didn't. Well, they didn't really say much. Well, they came forward. They said they wanted to do better. They wanted to live a different life. Yeah, but did they this this this? this, this, this. My response to that, Christian. Are you looking for repentance or are you looking for retribution? Yep. Because the only thing God requires is repentance. Yep. It's like, and and is it a rehearsed statement? Like where yeah. you literally come down the front pew and you say, I repent, I have sinned. What if you just go forward and say, I'm wrong, I want to do right. I want to change my life. I believe in God, yep. I believe in Christ. And they need more information. They need more study. They need more help, you see. Um, so just propositionally speaking, no. It is not okay for someone to say Jesus is coming soon in view of eternity. Um, the reason is because soon is it's nebulous. It doesn't mean anything. First off, in view of eternity, what do you what do you even mean by that? Jesus is coming soon, and, and th th that doesn't mean anything to the individual. In other words, that's exegetical. It's certainly not homiletical. Um, because, well, Jesus is coming soon. Well, soon in relation to what? In relation to eternity. Oh, so... A, a billion, billion years minus one year relatively is soon compared to eternity. I'm not sure why we would say that, though, because it could be in five seconds or it could right. be in a year or a month. Or I, yeah, G Jesus is coming. I've heard that coming. comparison. I've probably right. even thought that or said that before in years past. Right. Like in comparison to millions of years, it's soon. But like yeah. in heaven, a million years ain't really a million years on earth either. Is well, it's it? because I, I, heaven, the, I, the ethereal region is outside of time and space. Yeah. It's not really a good, what's the word? Yeah. Not analog uh, comparison. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's just not a good, it, it's, a, it's a weak statement. Yeah. It, it's not helpful. And it doesn't convey the proper message. Yeah. It doesn't convey the urgency. Okay, well. Soon, a billion, billion, billion years minus one billion. So Jesus is coming in two billion years. That's still soon compared to eternity. Yeah, it's kind of confusing when I think of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It's does, very, what, very doesn't really doesn't really portray what. Yeah. Any Bible truth? I don't think. Why is this song in the songs of the church? Because. It's, well, there's a few reasons. One is because Christians generally are not as fastidious in uh, understanding the lyrics that they're singing. And people in general are not. I mean, I've, I've seen parents who are relatively moral. I mean, I'm not saying they're upstanding Christians, but they're relatively moral, and they let their kids listen to these crazy songs. And I'm like, do you understand yeah, what that song is about, like, I mean, anyway, I I can't, 
I don't want to be so vulgar as to go into it here, but there are songs that if you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, this song is about a, a gratuitous sexual act. Yeah. And you got this 11-year-old girl singing it. You know? Um, I tell Sing, you, and one, singing about it, we well, can go on and on, but singing about it in a, like it's a good thing. I, exactly. Not, I, not. Not, oh, oh. I got drunk last week, and now right. I look back, and I am ashamed. I have messed up my life. And I'll give you one yeah. that's that's relatively saccharine that we can talk about. It's Garth Brooks. It was a pretty popular song. Um, oh, I can't. I went to work for her that summer. A teenage kid, so far from home, she was a lonely widow woman, hell bent to make it on her own. Uh, there's a, there's another verse of the song where she came to me one evening, a hot cup of coffee and a smile. She was wearing a dress that I was certain she hadn't worn in quite a while. I see it online now. Yeah. yeah then I saw her hands of leather turn to softness and a touch. There's never been another summer that I've ever learned so much. She had a need to feel the thunder to chase the lightning from the skies. Well, they call it statutory rape in Ho Oklahoma city. Is what it is. It's statutory. It's an old woman seducing a, a seventeen-year-old kid. Yeah, and yeah. we sang the dickens out of it. Yeah, but because it had a, song, a good tune, didn't it? And and, and yes, yeah, a song about statutory rape, though. Yeah, and uh, strawberry wine, mm -hmm. strawberry wine. Seventeen. Yep. Seventeen. A hot July moon saw everything. Yeah. yeah. A, a migrant, transient worker on Daddy's farm took this girl's virginity. That don't sound good. And you got all these, all well, it's a, it's a good country song, and all these mamas singing it loud with their daughters and their husbands right there, <laughs> so emasculated they can't say a thing about it. And then what about Taylor Swift? First taste, of, I'm sorry, I'm still on the strawberry wine. My first, first taste, taste of, love. of love. First taste of lust and practice. I know it. That's one. What Taylor Swift? Yeah. Well, how many hundreds of songs does she have that are like that? I don't know. Yep. Yep. What's the so, name of one? I don't know. But what's the one but, you were thinking of? Well, that's the that's the only thing I can say. I mean, oh. you got WAP. Yeah. I, I can't even say what WAP stands for. I know. On this podcast. I know. If it was just a bunch of men here, I would I would say it, but. Can't say that in polite company. Yeah. My son was listening to a song. I heard it, and the song was all about an LSD trip. Yeah. Uh, is that not Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds? I think so. Elton John? Or the Beatles. Yeah. Oh, Beatles? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, there, there's an Elton John song. Now, he made, no, he did it, too, it, it, on the internet. It looks like he did it, too. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I see him's name come up, too. Yep. I don't know if it's the exact same tune or not. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, what about Def Leppard? Uh, shake, pour some sugar on love. Yeah, what is that? That that's a song about a gratuitous sexual act. Yeah. So anyway, th to answer Jewel mm. Pender's question, why did why is this song in our songbooks? Uh, <laughs> there's a few reasons. Number one is because people generally don't criticize and think about the lyrics that they sing very much. Uh, 
Yeah. And number two, that particular songbook was not compiled by actual members of the Lord's church. Yeah. The the songbook that is compiled by actual members of the Lord's church, that that song is not in. Yeah, the one that uh, Brother Jeff, Jeff Coat did. It doesn't. It's not in there. Yeah. It's it's great when you have a songbook that doesn't even have those two or three or four songs that are just so out there they're ridiculous, you know, and they're wrong. Oh, so you don't oh. have to worry about somebody randomly grabbing the book and going, number yeah. 300, we'll be singing, when these signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, Jesus is coming soon. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to go, no, 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 we're not leading that. It's like, it ain't even yeah. in the book. It's like, right. thank you, Jeff Coat. You made it a little easier on us. The songs that we had, the songbooks that we had up here before we got Brother Jeff Coat's books, you know the song, um, Oh, Thou Fount of Every Blessing. The one we had said, Come Thou, Come thou Fount of Every And it was praying yep. to God for a direct operation yep. with the Holy Spirit or of yep. the Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, we yep. need to discern what is truth even in a song, Colossians 3.16. And, uh, yeah, just a little talk with Jesus. Listen, I have no problem about the talking to Jesus. It's the I, prayer. I, look, I talk to Jesus. He's my lawyer. And if y'all got a problem with it, you can go kick rocks. Yeah. It's, but it's the lyrics. It's the talking with Jesus makes it right. I once was lost in sin. Yeah. But Jesus took me in. Yeah. Uh, then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? Yeah, bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above the little light. And why do some of the elders allow these songs to be sung? Because they're not good elders. Yep. Period. Yep. They're either ignorant. They're either not paying attention. Or they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Or they think it's okay, you know. That's it. They're either ignorant or they don't care. Yeah, we need to promote good music. You know, good, wholesome, yeah, religious and and non-religious music. It's good. You know, good, good, clean entertainment. Yeah, I believe the statement "Jesus is coming soon" causes many to backsliding in the year two thousand. He was a no-show. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we must do more to more than condemn wicked music. We must support young people who are trying to make good music. I mean, yeah, it's you, you got to have an alternative. That's the thing. Yeah. Nature abhors a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Forest Hill Church of Christ, their young people do not go to prom. Yep. But what does the Forest Hill Church of Christ do every year for their young people? Provide an alternative. They provide a prom alternative where the, the little girls get to dress up to the nines. The boys get to put on a tux. They have a banquet. They have a speaker. It's a formal it's just none of the wicked things associated. And in fact, I would go so far as to say, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Forest Hill Church of Christ has a prom. Yeah. There's nothing wicked with the prom. Yeah. It's the stuff that goes on yeah. in a prom associated with a prom. Right. So just take all that stuff away. But then where yeah. do you do that? Well, Forest Hill provided it for the young people. I don't know if they still do that. I'm assuming they do. Yeah. And my opinion if we are going to publicly warn young people to not go to the public school system proms, we ought, in my opinion, we ought to provide something for them to go. If we don't, we're greatly harming them. Yeah. And when we do, we're making it so much easier for them to not go to the school system prom. <laughs> they Which can go in, to a better event. <laughs> in reality, that is why. 
whenever we preach against sin, we have to. But if we're not offering the alternative, then we're just a bunch of judgmental people relishing in the idea that there are people who are damned. Yep. The elders at Ridge Avenue marked songs, Do Not Sing, and lines that are marked do not sing. Yeah. Yeah. My I wish every ever ever congregation of the Lord's church had the funds and would do it, would just order Jeff Coat's songbook. Yeah. Yeah. And any song that you want that's scriptural that's not in there, just make you some supplementals. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. that big a deal. Well, that, that's what know. we're doing here. Well, Jeff Copes ain't got some. Okay, you can't have every good scripture song in the history of the world <laughs> in one be book. A, it'd be, be a song that book. big, and he probably yeah. couldn't get the rights to everything either. You know? I know it. So. Yeah, Hey Hey Alabama said it would be nice to have a list of songs that we shouldn't sing. And, and you know what? Just encourage the people where you are. If you can't mm-hmm. preach it, the song leader can't sing it. Yeah. You know, good stuff. All right. Where are we at? Practice forgiveness. Number seven. We didn't talk a whole lot about forgiveness, did we? No, but I mean, if (laughs) if we don't forgive. We did talk about that. You got to forgive. Yeah, our Father in heaven won't forgive us. And and just to clarify, just in case, does does forgive mean that you forget they did you wrong? There are sincere people that are struggling. I've had people come to me. And like they're like, I let it go. I've tried to let it go. I don't dislike them. I don't have ill will, but I can't forget they did it to me. I don't think I'm practicing forgiveness. No, I'm like, you, you okay, sister? You can't. So, you can't erase it from your mind and get amnesia. When you when you expand something, it makes it easier to see. So let's expand this situation. God forbid. Aaron Dotson goes crazy and he flies to New Brunswick and he murders my wife. How in the world would you forget that? I ain't going to forget it. Also, no you way. and I will never be friends again like we are now. Right. That's right. You okay with that? Like, is that is that a, is that a, is that a boundary you're okay with, Aaron? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Sounds horrible, but we're using illustrations. Go ahead. Exactly. So, but I would forgive him. I wouldn't wish any ill will towards him if he actually repented. But anyway. It's it's just one of those things that yep. we'd never be like that. We never have the same relationship at all. Good you know? question too, there from Brandon. If you want to feel that, do you need to talk to the people you are trying to forgive? Uh, so Matthew chapter five and Matthew chapter eighteen covers both spectrums of reconciliation. If you've done someone wrong, you ne- and they don't know it, then you need to go to them. If someone's done wrong to you and they don't know it, then you need to go to them. That's exactly right. And so if if somebody's done you wrong, then yeah, you need to go talk to them. We're never in a position where we can say, well, they need to come to me. I don't have to go to them. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I've heard people say that. I don't have to go to them. They they did me wrong. They need to come to me. Then, then th- that's fine. If somebody did you wrong, and you don't want to, if you just want to cut ties with them, you can't hold a grudge. Yeah, if you want, if you want to let it go, not have yeah. ill will, malice. Because that's uh, that's forbearance, right? That's forbearance, right? Like, let's just say, illustration. You say something on this show 
and it bothers me real bad. If I can just yep. let it go, just let it go. If I yep. can't let it go, though, if I let it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Sm- um, smolder. Uh, there's a word I'm looking for. Uh, it, uh, uh, yeah. Let the smolder. Ant- smolder. Let it keep burning. Let it keep bothering me. Yeah. It, it's the it's on me then. Like I need to yep. take care of it. I need to go to you and say, you know, when you said ABC on the show, it really bothered me. I took it personal. Whatever. I mean, yeah, yeah. You need to talk. You need to talk if you can't deal with it. Let it go. Brandon, Brandon Wild again. What if you tried to, and they will not talk to you? Then you just let it go. I mean, yeah. you 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 got well. So if it's bad enough, then you go you go with witnesses. I mean, you don't go with you got to go with witnesses as in. You carry people. You carry well. You carry one person. The next step, and if they won't talk to you, then or if they won't hear you, simmer is the word we're looking for. Yeah, smolder. Uh, smolder is a good one, but yeah, yeah, a smoldering ember can still be reignited when you give oxygen and fuel oxygen and fuel to it. Yeah, like um, like yeah, like hurt. You're hurt, yeah. so you keep letting it go. Well, I'm just gonna let it go. I don't want to bring it up with Tony. No, right. you're in the wrong. You need to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, if to you're perseverating, if it's if it's yeah, yeah, you got yeah. you got to talk about it. Yeah, but that that Matthew eighteen fifteen through twenty is the exact passage of scripture that talks about this is what you do if they don't talk to you, and if they still don't talk to you, it's got to go before the church. If you absolutely cannot let it go, and they are just like, well, go kick rocks. I don't care about you. Yeah, and I, I would encourage, like what we're saying, there are some things that are little matters you can let go. But often, it's not a tiny little matter. It really hurt. There is something there that's going to prevent you from growing in your relationship with God and with each other. you got to yeah. take care of that. I, I think often it goes to that level, yeah. and we say, well, I'll just let it go. But the whole time you're letting it go, quote, unquote, you're over there letting it simmer. You're like, just, yeah. Sometimes people are telling other people about it. Yeah, hey, and and there's guess what Tony did to me. You I know. know. So you you buried the hatchet, but you leave the handle sticking out, so you can go back to it. Yeah, that's the old saying: bury the hatchet, right? Yeah. So we got to bury that. So bury. the 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 implements of war, we're going to bury. We're going to bury the hatchet. I'm done. The yeah. hatchet that I was going to use to strike you, we're burying it. I'm done. I'm just letting it go. Brandon but, asked some good questions. Like sometimes, that, a, you, really sometimes, good question. sometimes you talk to them and they will not listen or they will not talk yeah. to you. Like some people completely ignore you directly go to them. Yeah. And they will, I'm not talking to you. I ain't got nothing to do. And so you can't really resolve the. Yeah. Now that's a far cry different from, look, you're trying to talk to me. I've whatever, whatever's going on. Look, if if I said something or did something, I don't know. I've got no control over how you react to something. Yeah. But you're obviously a volatile person that is touches, and I just don't want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Think about Paul and Barnabas. The contention was so sharp. Yep. And they went, they split ways. Yep. They sure did. And was was Paul and Barnabas wrong? Paul had some really good points about not about John Mark. Like I ain't carrying him. He let us down. Yep. And Barnum's like, no, we need to carry him. Like the contention was so sharp, so they split ways. Yep. 
sometimes there's some good arguments on both sides, aren't there? Yep. We need, I mean, we, we need to really follow Jesus, and for these that are doing this, is Jesus our example? Or, yeah, it should be. I think on this whole forgiving each other, part of the common trouble is that we let our pride get in the way. We don't go to them. Yeah. And some people are sincere. They're like, I don't know what to say. Because admittedly, you know, there's not a step-by-step cookie-cutter list in the Bible to tell you exactly what to say. It no. tells you what to do. Yeah. And I've just I've tried to advise people just to, like, just go to them in person. That's the thing. Don't send them a text. You can't read emotion. Go to them in person. Phone's the second best. And just, you know, tell them you want to be right with God and you want to be right with them. Yeah. Like, no matter how hard the situation is, just go to them and tell them, you know, I know there's a problem between us and I want to be right with God and I want to be right with you. Can we forgive each other? That's the right thing to do. Sometimes That's it's it. hard to think of the words of what to say is what I'm saying. So we, I'm trying to offer some suggestions of how we can handle that. Yeah. Just, just tell them the simplicity of it. Speak the truth. Yeah, we're not right with each other. We got mad at each other. I said some things. You treated me bad. Yeah, I, and I, I want to be right with God. Own your part in it. Yeah, own your part. Own your part in it. I want to be right with God. Like, I hope and pray that's what I would do, even if like just close friends hurt me. Just like, yeah, because I want to go to heaven. I want to be right with God. Absolutely. Uh, Terry Crooks says my older sister's wronged me, and despite my multiple attempts to reconcile with her, she has been unresponsive and dismissive. I've been feeling upset and helpless and have yeah. even prayed to God for help in letting yeah. go of this situation. Yeah. Yeah, there's um you can so it's not you, know, you got to be real real careful with this because there's a fine line between talking to a trusted brother or sister about your problems and venting yeah. and gossiping about a brother and sister. Yeah. So You've got to be real, real careful. Yeah. Um, the only person that I really do this with is my wife. And I'm blessed to have a good, supportive wife who is also a professional therapist. So if I ever have issues with somebody, I can talk to her. Yeah. And, you know, so, but anyway, so if you have problems with that, because you're, you have no control how your sister responds to you. Yeah. That stinks. Yeah. But if you're having a hard time getting over that, then it might help you doing some, some just, and I'm using this not in a clinical sense, but you, you it, would, it would probably wouldn't hurt you to do some talk therapy. Find a very trusted, close friend. Christ. Yeah. Yes. Who will, who will treat your vulnerability with the gravity it deserves and yeah. will guard your heart and you speak with her about it. Yeah. And I commend you too for, you know, taking it to God in prayer. That's one of the best things Absolutely. you can do. Pray about it often. As much as it bothers you, pray about it. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, we should always have the willingness to forgive as Christ did when he said, Father, forgive them. Yes, and, and incidentally, that was a willingness to forgive and that forgiveness was with the understanding of the contingent they had to repent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, Martin uh, Shikuku, uh, Shikuku, I believe, I feel like I'm not pronouncing that correctly, and I'm sorry. Uh, Barnabas and Paul's separation was for the good, 
it led to two gospel trips instead of one. Isn't that wonderful? That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's not. I mean, having healthy boundaries is okay. Yeah, there's so many people who are codependent. Yep. I, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. I know. What's the title oh. of the argument? Uh, the argument. The article, the article you you wrote. Oh man, uh, I, I wrote two of them. Uh, one is about uh, basically whenever Jesus said, "He that hath ears to hear, let him hear," and I talked yeah. about codependency. Um, yeah. Basically, Jesus just said these very difficult, <laughs> fundamental truths, and he said, "If you got a set of ears, these are for you." And that's it. He didn't break anybody's arm. He didn't twist anybody's arm. Uh, he didn't beg. He didn't shout. He just said, here's the truth, and here it is. You have a responsibility to follow it. Yeah. You. That's the thing. Being, being codependent is your identity and your happiness and your uh, uh, contentment is wrapped up in other people. The yeah. problem is you have no control other, over other people, so they're the ones that's causing you. Because you let them, they're the ones that's causing your issues. Yeah. So if you're codependent, if you're if you're if you're independence, not quite the opposite of codependent, but if you're if you're just healthy, if you're actualized in a way where you are healthy, then you're going to be able to 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 have relationships with people, but your but but your happiness and stability is not contingent upon how people see you. Yeah. And and you'll you'll be able to say things like, I've seen what makes you cheer, so your booze mean nothing. Go kick rocks. Didn't that article or a podcast you do include was it Proverbs twenty seven, right? Uh if it didn't, it should have. Yeah. Uh Proverbs yeah. twenty seven is a wonderful guide on about getting uh, your value off of Godliness, basically, off of other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keep not not having your value wrapped up in other people. Yeah. 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 Don't don't brag about what you're going to do. Don't brag about what you're doing. Don't try to appease the anger of fools or stand up to the scrutiny of wrath. And don't keep yes men around you. In other words, you know, people in private will tell you how good you are, but they won't back you up publicly. And then people who will never tell you what you need to hear. Well, there's a lot of that today. Anyhow, we can do another podcast. I guarantee it. There's a lot of that. Guarantee it. Forgiveness. Um, Go ahead to the next one. I I, I think I opened that and extended it. No, it's good. Go ahead when you're ready. Engage in good works. James 2.17 states that a faith without works is dead being alone. That emphasizes the need for Christians to engage in good works as a reflection of their faith. James even went so far as to say, look, all you folks, y'all say that you've got faith, but I don't have to say it. I can just right. show you my faith by yeah. my works. You can see it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In and fact. And that's the kind of faith God requires of his people. That's the thing. You know, it's not like an option. Do you want option A or option B? It's like, yeah. No, this is what God requires. Well, think about this. What if, what if like, hey, y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start pumping iron. Okay, I can say all that, but wouldn't it be better if you just, the more you saw me, the more you see, well, Tony, I can see your cheekbones better. Yeah. Tony, you're sh- you, Tony, you're getting muscular. Yeah. You don't even have to ask. You know I'm watching what I'm eating and I'm working out. Yep. Exactly. I love Proverbs 27. Yep. 
just do it. Yep. Don't 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 talk the talk. Just walk the walk. Yeah, that's popped up in a lot of your podcasts. I know. I, it's it's twenty seven. It's so wonderful. It's one of your favorite sections. It's one of my favorite sections. Yep, it's good stuff. We man. got an amen from Jewel Pender. Forgiveness is always conditional upon upon repentance, equipping expositors ministry. Yep. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Yep. Luke 17, 3. Yep. It's absolutely correct. All right. You got anything engaging in good works? Uh, no, the book of Titus is filled with how we're to be ready to meet needs <sighs> and be busy doing good works. And That's it. And... Uh, Oh, I, I need to, I need to grow in that area. Let me give you a duh moment. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Yep. Created in Christ Jesus unto good, good works, works. Yep. That he hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Yep. If you're not walking in good works, you're not fulfilling the purpose for which you were reborn or yep. born again is another way of saying that. Yep. Absolutely. If you can't find something to preach in the Bible, you need a new profession. <laughs> yeah, for real. Tom Holland, uh, <laughs> I heard him. I, I'm nostalgic for Tom Holland today, evidently. Mm -hmm. Tom Holland, who has written several sermon outline books, mm -hmm. uh, was asked one day, according to him, he's, I've heard this in a sermon of his, he, he, he said, I get asked all the time, Brother Holland, what's a really good sermon outline book? And he says, my response is, well, it's the Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm dead serious. Yeah. Yep. Now, this is a man who wrote a book on homiletics. Yeah. And he has sermon outline books. And he has sermon outline books. With, like, materials that he has organized, like, quote, unquote, yes. his sermons. Yeah, there's know. nothing wrong with that. No. But if you can't find a good sermon in the Bible, like, if you're running out of material to preach, you need to get your nose back in the book. What can be good about a sermon outline book on the front end when you're starting to study and you're kind of new to it and you haven't done it for many years? If it's a preacher that's kept verses in context, it can help you see how he assimilated the stuff into an organized way, yeah. and then you can make it your own. That's it's one definitely of the ways a craft. Yeah, it's, it can help you craft your craft for God. That's why sermon outline books, when written by faithful brethren, can be helpful. Good works. Does that mean at church or at work? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, or both. Both, yeah. Um, I think about um, James. What's the last verse in James? Is it verse 27? Anyway, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction so you serve others and to keep yourself unspotted from the world. One twenty-seven. Yep, that's pure religion. That's the good works. Yep, that's the good works. Absolutely. James, uh, First John, John chapter three. Uh, love not in word or deed, but in uh oh, action. It doesn't say action. No, no. Love, love not in word or in tongue or in tongue, but in but deed, in deed, in truth, yeah. in truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love not in word or in tongue, but only you could put only, and that's an ellipsis. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's a sin to tell your brother I love you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, but but it's it's a servant. We we serve. We serve yeah. people. That's it's actually yeah. And that's first John three eighteen, by the way. I just glanced at it. So cool beans. Make sure I knew where it was. I 
I don't like to apologize. I'm a new Christian. I came from the LDS. That's Latter-day Saints, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, we, we call that. We're, we're, I don't know where you're from, Brandon, but Aaron Dotson and I are from down south. We call that eating crow. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to eat crow that I know of. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, if I was starving to death and I had a crow sandwich, I'd feel full when it was done and I knew I wouldn't die. It's kind of yeah. the same way with apologizing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. You, you just do it. Do it with the right motive to be right with God. Even yeah. if you don't like it, you'll be okay. That's it. And and your life will be better for it. Yeah. And here's a cultural reference. If you ever watch the Andy Griffith show, I know one time Andy stuck his proverbial foot in his mouth and he said, and Opie said at the end of the episode, Paul, what are we eating for supper? He said, you and Aunt B's having, you know, roast potatoes and carrots. He said, I'll be eating crow. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and an apology is not about them, but it's about, yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. You know, you, you, a brother, you may have done a brother wrong and he may hate your guts over it. He may be acting he may be the devil personified because of, of of what you did wrong, but you can't control him. You can only control you. So you yeah. can go and you can own it. Say, look, man, I did you wrong. I'm sorry, and I'd like to make it right. And you know what? I, let me say If he don't too. accept that, he's not right with God. Right. Part of the apology, really, I think, biblically, is confession of sin. Not necessarily a perfectly worded apology like, the real thing we need to do is repent and confess, right, to God yes. and to each other. So, like, I think a second uh, Samuel twelve, where Dan, uh, where David got right to it when the preacher told him, "Thou art the man; you are the mm-hmm. guy that did this." He said, "I have sinned." That's taking ownership. He confessed. You know, now he worded some things with more words later. You know, Psalm fifty one. Of course, he was inspired by God to do it. But Absolutely. anyhow, be that as it may, it's like you know. No, it's hard. I think the reason we don't like to apologize is because it's it's eating crow. It's pride. Uh, but when we do it because we want to be right with God and right with each other, and we just keep it simple. That's again, I think, you know, he just said, I have sinned. He he keep it simple. You can go to a person and apologize by saying, I was wrong. I sinned. I did you. You don't have to make a speech, is what I'm saying. Right. You don't have to be good with words. Just say, I did wrong. I sinned. I did you wrong. You know. <clears throat> I know what you mean, Brandon. It's, okay. It's, it's but, challenging. Hold on just a second. Ah. Okay. Here's how we need to teach people to apologize. You come to the person that you've done wrong and you say, this is what I did wrong. This is why it was wrong. This is how I'm going to keep from doing it again. Do you forgive me? Yeah. The four stages to a scriptural yeah, like godly that. apology. Yeah. This is what I, you don't put it on them. Yeah. It's all about you. This yeah. is what I did wrong. This is why it was wrong. This is how I'm going to keep from ha- keep it from happening again and do you forgive me? No, I do not forgive you until you repair the fence that you broke down trespassing on my land. Say it one more time. This is what I did wrong. This is what I did wrong. Okay. This is why it was wrong. 
This is how I'm going to keep it from happening again. Do you forgive me? You don't have to use those words, but yeah, that's how we need to be teaching people how to ask for how, how to apologize. Yeah, I like that. I'm gonna, I typed that down. I was just going to share that in the comments too, because that's yeah, yeah, that's practical, and we can build on that. Like you said, you don't have to say the exact words, but those those truths, those concepts. Yep. yep. All right, this is a good one, uh, Martin. I'm not going to pronounce your last name, my man, uh, and I hope you don't take offense to that. A name is very important to me, but I would rather not say your last name if I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. All right. Brother Tony and Aaron, what makes faith and hope different? What is your understanding of the two? We only hope for that which we do not see, right? Uh, I don't know if I would agree 100% with that last statement, but I know it's not. I mean, you're doing a question. so um, we, we do hope. Well, I guess, you know, well, now that I've said that, yeah, I think we do hope for things we can't see. That's the only, I mean, we... Because, I mean, like, I can, it depends on the usage of the term. I hope that I can drink me some coffee. Well, I've got coffee. My hope is fulfilled. So, yeah. it's, there's, there's a very superficial way of saying hope. Yeah. I think the way scripture uses it, which I think about Philippians chapter 1, verse 20, when Paul writes, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. That in all ways, so also now, or as in all, so also now as always, I magnify Christ in my body, whether it be by my life or by my death. Um, I think that's a good juxtaposition. That's not a juxtaposition, excuse me. That, that's just a good illustration, a good example of faith and hope used where they're somewhat interchangeable. No, no, earnest expectation and hope. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it was his great desire, his expectation. Yes. Yeah. A hope is an a, an earnest expectation based on evidence, yeah, for something in the future or something that you currently don't have, which yeah. would be something that you wouldn't be able to see. Like we we have a sure hope of Jesus's return. Yeah. We don't see it. That's why faith, hope, and love these three. Uh, but love abideth forever. Because upon Jesus' second coming, no more faith. Yep. My faith is fulfilled. No more hope. My hope is fulfilled. Yep. So because of my faith, that's and, and you can use two separate usages of that term, personal faith and the system of faith, which is the gospel. Uh, because of my faith, that's the actions I take based on what I believe. That's my personal faith that's located in Christ. And because of the system of faith, the gospel system that was promulgated on the day of Pentecost, I have an earnest expectation that Jesus is coming to get me. Yep. So may, maybe that that helps you. Uh, that's that's my understanding of the two. What yep. do you think, Aaron? Yeah, the hope. Yeah, I think the hope. Most of the things I think that we hope for are things that we don't have yet or that we yet see when used in connection with heaven and you know, the eternal blessings and so forth, seeing Christ and being with Christ in heaven. And it's it's something that we earnestly expect based on God's word. And I just love yeah. the truth. I love the concept that God keeps his word. So it's not uh, it's not whimsical, you know. Yeah. What was the illustration that uh, Garland Elkins used to use 
It's not uh, like looking for a dark, a black cat in a dark room. It doesn't exist. Yeah. Midnight doesn't doesn't exist exist anyway, or something like that. You know, your, your, your hope in God and Christ about uh, salvation, eternal salvation is based on God's promises. God keeps his word. You can know because of God's trustworthiness that it's going to come to pass one day when it's his, you know, timing of fulfillment. So, but yeah, uh, hope and then faith. Yeah. The word faith is used, like you said, in multiple ways as well. Yeah. Your personal faith, the faith, the gospel. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All those things. Uh, yeah. Something, something else. I hope Bigfoot exists. <laughs> yeah. That is not the same usage of the term hope that <laughs> no. Paul used in Philippians one twenty. No, that's more, I have that's no just evidence. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, it's just a wish. I have nothing. It's a passing fancy. I have no yeah. evidence of of right. Like, there's no reason for me to think Bigfoot exists. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's or or I hope I win the lottery that I'm not playing. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope I win the lottery one day. Well, I don't play the lottery because. It's either, I, I mean, I believe it's sinful, but if it weren't, if, even if I wasn't convinced it was sinful, I'm at least conscientiously objected to it. So, yeah, yeah I'm never going to win the lottery. All right. Yeah, and and, and even if you play the lottery, uh, you're probably not going to win it. But anyhow. No. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> millions and billions play it and they never win it. So That's right. Taking responsibility for your actions, the word I, is important. It means you own it. Yep. That's it. All right. Seek spiritual growth. Uh, I love the Second Peter three eighteen. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. It's a command. Yep. Incidentally, something else that is not is commanded against. It's not allowed. Is ignorance. Yep. Christians are not allowed to be ignorant. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Workman yep. that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Without the proper knowledge, you're going to die. You're going to be un. That's know. it. Well, you will not have any grace and peace. No. Nope. Because the very beginning of Second Peter, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. Something and doesn't he, in there a verse in Hebrews that says, without peace and holiness, we won't see the Lord? Oh, if it's not, it misses a good chance, don't it, Bubba? <laughs> Sounds good, don't it? I guarantee it. Hebrews 12, something or another. Seems like John put that in the live stream either the day or the other day. Yeah, Hebrews 12. Well, never mind. Don't worry about it. Just read Hebrews 12. You might find it. <laughs> yeah, read the book of Hebrews. You'll get it. Yeah. Yep. Who used to, who, who was famous for saying that? Hebrews 12, 14. I just found it. But yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, some old preacher. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, I mean, a bunch of Keeble, preachers have said Keeble it. Keeble supposedly really said it a lot. I think that was key. I, yeah. Keeble is the one I was thinking about. Yeah. All right. Foster community and fellowship. Why? Because it's easier easier to remain faithful with faithful people around you. Amen. Guess which verse they used for that there, Aaron? I don't know. My Hebrews 10.25. Hebrews 10.25, yeah. That's Absolutely. It. Keeping them faithful brethren around you. Exactly. It bothers me when the statement is made, some people are not where you may be, exactly. But you have to stop saying this at the one at one point. Yeah, you you eventually you have to be like, well, look, you should be higher than you are. Yep. 
I heard Marshall Keeple say, just read the whole book of Acts and you'll run into it. Yeah, that's Mary. That's what I'm thinking. That's Marshall Keeble's one I was thinking of. Yeah. Excellent comments. Good grief, Aaron. We're almost two hours. <laughs> we got to get off here. Let's finish this out. Foster community and fellowship. Anything else you want to say about that? Just, just keep your just, nose in the book and your feet in the, with the brethren. Yeah, I recently told uh, a member of the church to keep their godly friends close. I, I just, yeah, you just keep. If you know that there's a God, and and I feel like we are so blessed in our time. Like we have with technology, in my opinion, it makes it even easier. Yeah, like I could see it even being more challenging a hundred years ago. Is is well, I, maybe, but maybe, but again, maybe not because it was a different time. I don't. Well, you know. I, so in in a sense, okay. So if you're well, I I grew up in a Bible Belt, so I Christians surrounded me all the way, but. If I was in New York City and I'm trying to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, it might be, it, it would, having Facebook would be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Having YouTube would be a blessing. Yeah. Because at least virtually, I would be able to build some kind of even if it's a parasocial relationship, I would be able to build a relationship with Christians. Yeah, yeah. and hopefully that would help you in building relationships the church where with I am. person. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right. But Number when you have 10. technology, it's so easy to connect with people today, at least the para, like you said, but you can talk to godly people to encourage you where you're at, when you, even when you don't have a host around you physically. Absolutely. Take, keep, um, keep godly people close. It's so important. Ab- Absolutely. We got to. Um, Martin says, thank you, brothers, for your time. Here's a for, for brother. Thank you, brothers. Your time here is a blessing to me. God bless you as you continue sharing the richness of his word. And and Brandon Wilde says, thank you all. I'm learning. I'm learning now all I can. I thank God he has showed me this. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of you, thanks and God bless. That's awesome. Thank you so much. And Jewel Pender says, this is the reason I have Facebook. Yep. All right. Number 10. You ready, Aaron? Yeah, we can conclude this baby up with number 10. Let's go. Remain vigilant against sin. Yeah. And I can't remember, um, I can't remember who it was that made a comment earlier almost exactly about this, but we're watchmen. Yeah, we need to take our role seriously, and we need to warn mm-hmm. people against sin. Yeah, we need to warn against complacency and the dangers of sin. First Thessalonians five six advises Christians not to sleep as others. Mm-hmm. I'm about to fall out of the window. <laughs> Eutychus, I guess. <laughs> well, if you do, you're on your own. I can't. That's I can't right. be like Paul and heal you. Yeah, get out of the window. <laughs> That's it. But we need to watch and be sober, be vigilant. Amen. Because he's coming back. That's right. And we don't know when. That's right. Uh, a verse I've been thinking about a lot lately, I've been looking at recently, it's Romans 13, 11 through 14. I'll just stick to two of them. Let us walk properly, you know. And then verse 14, 
but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to, to fulfill, fulfill its lusts. lusts. It. Yeah, I think I need to preach a sermon on what it means to make no provision for the flesh. If get in, if get if you're a reformed meetings. if you're if you're if you're a reformed druggy drug I'm sorry that's that's I, I didn't mean that to be pejorative if you're a performed a performed if you're a reformed <laughs> drug <laughs> addict don't don't keep hanging around with your former friends mm-hmm. that's making provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust yep. don't if 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 you used to always go see your dope man at the bowling alley, don't go to the bowling alley anymore. Yep. Yep. If the if the people, well, it ain't no if. The people that encourage us to do wrong and don't help us to do right, by being with them, if it means we commit sin because we are with them, we're making provision for the flesh. Yeah. Um, if... If your old high school sweetheart sends you a private message on Facebook, yep. if you really want to talk to her, add your wife to the conversation and say hello. Yep. Say, I'm glad you reached out to me. This is my wife. And, you know, I know yep. we used to date in high school, and that was amazing. I hope you're doing well. Here's a picture of my wife and my family. Yep. See what yep. happens. Hey, yeah, see how long the conversation goes. And again, I, I've preached from a man, I speak from a male's perspective. If obviously, if you're a woman, do that, you know, yeah, bring in there's, your husband. Yeah, because there's good women out there that men send them a message, and it's a message that ain't, they don't need to be messaging them. That's right. Uh, Jewel Pender says, I mentioned this in my ladies' class this morning. We're so quick to jump on those out of Christ. But what about us? We need to stop playing church. I cannot remember. Peter is the one that wrote it. I think it's First Peter. Judgment begins at yes. the house of the Lord. What verse is that, Aaron? First Peter 4, four 17. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Yep. First Peter 4, 17. Judgment begins at, at us. Yep. Yep. And if it begins with us, you know, what will be the end of those that don't obey the gospel, basically? Yep. All three of these, Jesus, Peter, and Paul, said that Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. I've never had a thief try to go out of his way to prepare me for his coming. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I've that's heard a good pe- point. I've heard people say, well, it's only going to be like a thief to people that are unprepared. Okay, what's your point? I mean, that, 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 yeah. That, I mean, I get, we, we still know how a thief comes. Right. He sneaks in unaware. In other words, it won't be uh what I'm saying is I think it I think that's I don't know why people would use that the wrong way. I think sometimes it's used in a way to try to downplay being prepared somehow. But any, but anyhow, yeah. I think it does if you look at it the right way, it proves a right point that that those that are unprepared or excuse me, that are not looking forward to it, they're not preparing, as the title of our podcast uh, suggests. Yeah. It will be like a thief. Like you're just not but if you know that a thief could come at any time and you make provisions, then you're going to be okay. Yep. You'll be ready for it, you know. Excellent. All right. Aaron, What's you remember, do you ever watch Forrest Gump? 
I've, it's, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of it. I can't remember if I've seen it from the very beginning to the end, but I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. Oh, well, you ain't lived yet, but I'm trying to, to remember if I've ever watched the whole thing from you, the beginning. You need to, to watch the whole thing. I was Has prevented. He, it, I was prevented when I was younger, but yeah. Do you do you remember? You've probably seen memes of when he just he takes off running, and he just kept running, and he run yeah. across the nation, country, yeah, and he had all these people following him, and then all of a sudden one day he just stopped, yeah, and he goes, "I'm tired." <laughs> yeah. I uh, think I'll go home. Yeah. And they're like, Aaron, I'm tired. I think I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we need to stop this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've Folks, said a lot of things about preparing for Jesus absolutely. coming because it's so, it's so vital. It's a difference between heaven and hell. It's really hard in this life to remain faithful. It is. If it were easy, Everybody would be doing it. Yep. If you are remaining faithful, but you are struggling, please relish, revel in the idea that you are in an elite class of individuals in the world. So what that you're struggling? Yep. You slip, trip, and fall, that's fine. Don't ever come out of the flow of blood, John, 1 John 1, 7. Yep. And that's all I've got. Any final thoughts, Aaron? Uh, just, just like God provided a way to preserve Paul through all his hardships in the passage I read at the beginning about 2 Timothy, was it 4, 17, and 18, the Lord, and as a child of God, you know, when we're going through hardships, that's, prayer was one of the things we emphasized Go to God in prayer. Tell him exactly how you feel and what's going on. Tell him you can't make it on your own. Tell him you depend on him. God will provide a way for you to be faithful, no matter exactly. how hard it is. He will not let his faithful, the people that love him and want to go to heaven, he will not just, he's not going to cast his faithful people away. The people that love him and strive to live for him, no matter how hard it is, he'll provide a way. You have to believe that because God's sovereign <laughs> and he has the ability to provide a way for us through his word and his people, you know, to keep us. Anyhow, we got to give ourselves to him to be faithful and be prepared for the Lord. You got that just right. So what we'll do is we'll end on all of the stuff we normally do before we get in the meat of the podcast. Listen, are you part of a church congregation or any organization seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Look no further. Lindsay Dodson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. And if you want to help us out by supporting us monetarily, which we would love for you to do, you can do a $5 a month subscription on Substack, or you can send us a tip to PayPal www.nearchurches at gmail.com or you can do Patreon. But the best thing to do is just do a $5 a month subscription or a, or a year subscription on Substack. Now, if you want to check out our Substack and we have a comment in the comment section where I wrote an article that is, a, is adjacent to this topic, the, 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 the subscription is free. We put out an article five days a week and, um, we would love for you to subscribe. But if you want to support us monetarily, 
tip jar near churches at gmail.com. You can do monthly at Patreon, or you can do a subscription subscription at Substack. Folks, this has been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson. Thank you so much. The faithful life is not an easy life, but oh boy, it's worth it. Thank you Amen. all. Keep me in your prayers. I'm still recovering from back surgery. We will, Jewel Pender. And if you are faithful, please do not allow the enemy to come plant bad seed and grow tares. Matthew or Martin, uh, thank you very much. All right. God bless every one of you. Aaron and I will be here next week, Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel. And um, that's all we've got. God bless you. We'll catch you on the flip side.